Welcome back, episode seven of the Veteran Sound Podcast. Before I get into the interview, I have a couple updates I wanted to share in the beginning of this episode rather than the end. I know for the most part, I've kind of been sharing and uh, sharing most most information at the end of the episodes. But so the first thing you may have noticed, especially with this episode and the last episode. They've kind of fallen off of the release schedule that I had of uh, the first and third Friday of the month. That is because I've kind of had some schedule changes in my life recently. Uh, Most recently, I recently accepted a job in another state. So I'm in the process of relocating and at the same time took the time that I had to go check back on some family and stuff like that. So I think moving forward, I'm going to always try to gear it towards the first and third Friday. There will always be two two episodes a month, or that's the plan, but the release schedule itself might fluctuate a little bit depending on my, my uh, schedule, especially moving forward with this position. The second thing I'd like to say is the Veteran Sound Podcast uh, officially has an Instagram that uh, if you listen and you enjoy, definitely go check out the Instagram, and you'll see that the Instagram profile, I don't share a whole lot of like clips clips of the, the episodes, but... I usually will share on the story as new episodes come out. So if you're not subscribed or you just kind of want another way to show support or just make sure you you don't miss an episode, definitely make sure to follow uh, Veteran Sound Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. I'm I'm still pretty active on the Twitter too. So without further ado, my guest today was is Mike Karnowski. He is a Coast Guard veteran and a advocate in the video in advocate for esports basically and and putting together uh video game leagues for current and former military specifically it's the military gaming league and then he has a non-profit or so he works with the military gaming league and he has a non-profit organization himself that he's organizing and and building within the space so you'll kind of hear me talk about it. i found him by accident on linkedin but i thought it was a really cool niche and just story to share and it was really cool to hear about some of these things i used to be a gamer much more when i was like younger i was i was kind of in the league of legends for a while and uh just haven't been as much in the last few years but he definitely is a lifelong gamer and it's really cool to see what services he's helping provide for the military community that has thousands of lifelong gamers so without further ado, here's uh, here's my interview with Mike Karnowski. All right, everyone, thank you for tuning in in today's episode of the Veteran Sound Podcast. Today I have Mike Karnowski. He is a Coast Guard veteran, I believe, and I found him by accident on LinkedIn. Was kind of just cruising around looking for some people to interview, and I found a really, I, I came upon his profile and I was like, Military Gaming League, like what's that? I was checking out their website. And I was like, I got to talk to this guy. One, because I just want to learn more. And I'm just really interested to share his story. And I'm glad that he had some time to talk to me today. So thank you for coming on. And um, just take it away, Mike. Uh, Shane, absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show. It's always fun to give back to another podcast, having conducted and run a few myself. Like I said before the show, I know I've been in your shoes. I know what it's like looking for folks, trying to find find somebody with a decent story to tell. And... I'm happy you stumbled across mine. Uh, sometimes it's interesting. Sometimes it's boring as hell. But uh, 
I guess we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I love the conversations. I love the con. I, I've had a couple people that have been like, well, I don't see, like, I don't know if I have enough experience to be on a podcast as a guest. And I'm like, no, no, like, come on. Like, I, I you, I love to, I always grew up loving to hear stories. Like I was kind of that kid that would walk across the street and hear the stories of my World War II merchant marine neighbor tell me about like being out in the, the Atlantic and stuff like I'm like, well, I just, I grew up kind of being that kid. I'm a history nerd. And, um, but these days I'm working. So me and myself, I work, I work in live entertainment, uh, in venue management. Um, so, and being just also quick, like I'm currently a national guardsman, but I'm a musician and national guardsman. So one of the kind of the, I guess the catalyst or the, the main, one of the main reasons why I thought of this, this podcast idea and it was something I always want to do. One, I just like the conversations. I like talking to people, I like meeting other people. Um, and two, it was just like, I, I thought it was a great way of kind of bringing two worlds together. I, I love the military and like, I love what I do in the guard. And, um, a lot of people were really surprised to hear they're like, Oh, wow. You're like the musician in the military. I'm like, yeah, that's a thing. There's actually a lot of people don't really know that the, the U S army is the number one, uh, employer musicians in the war in the country well in the country and pretty much the world but um yeah so i mean that's it's i'm sure for your individual podcast you kind of same thing there was reasons um but let me let me let you take it away i know i was gonna say no no no, you're you're fine you're fine the question is is where do you want to start i've got uh i i have branches of of different projects of things that i have my hands in uh all over the industry and it's slowly growing even it's it's just kind of amazing of course it doesn't pay anything i'm doing all this just for free for the experience for for networking a lot of what i do is kind of just doing it for fun while i'm waiting for things to pan out but where do you want to start i mean i know military gaming military gaming is kind of what got you interested so if you want to start there or you save it for later however you want to do it whatever you want i'd love to, I'd love to hear a little bit of you, like just your backstory i mean generally where i know real quick you told me that you're I don't know if you grew up there, but you you uh you were spending some time out with your family on a in Oklahoma. Yep. Yep. Is that, is that the origin story? Is that where you're from? No, no, actually the that's a that's a, a simple answer to that one is uh my my sister and her family were looking for property in Oklahoma and my dad knew that he was gonna retire someplace close to his kids and his grandkids mm-hmm. and my sister got tired of the farm and land they were living on. So my folks bought it. And so now I have a farm in Tulsa. My sister lives in Tulsa. I got a brother that lives in Fort Worth. Um, so kind of a conglomerate of just family just kind of came together. And um, so I go to Tulsa when it's quiet, when I need to be distraction free because the internet sucks and I can't do any gaming. So right. it's a good time to spend a little time with family decompress if I need to work on schoolwork. Uh then I can get into that as well while uh, when it's nice and quiet. So, but yeah, the farm's nice. Farm's nice. But no, actually, I grew I grew up here in San Diego. I'm in San Diego now. That's where I grew up. I uh, moved to San Diego when I was about four years old from the, the little bits and pieces of it that I can still remember. Uh, I was there for four years. Spent my formative years here. Went to high school year. Went to grade school here. Went to the same high school and grade school my dad went to. Um, which is incredible to think about that. Oh, there's a lot of schools and folks that can't, that just, that just doesn't work anymore these days. Um, so it's kind of interesting, bit of interesting family legacy of both schools I've been at. 
uh, and a lot of military history too. My dad was Navy. His dad was Navy. My mom's dad was Navy. I have Army and Air Force uncles, or excuse me, had Army and Air Force uncles. Um, a lot of military tradition in my family. So growing up, that whole spectrum living in San Diego, being around such a military presence and with an air station up in Miramar, the Navy base, and you name it. And it just kind of, it made for an interesting soup of ideals for, for forging ahead once I turned 18 and was promptly kicked out of the nest and said, here, go do your own thing. So uh, yeah, I got, it, was, it was interesting to, to see how it all came together and, and kind of pushed me out the door. But the San Diego is the origin story the gaming origin story started even sooner, actually. When I was four years old, I cut my teeth on an old Atari controller. I'm dating myself here. I learned my first video games were on an Atari controller. And it was it was amazing. It was fabulous. The little joystick, just working around, this little four-year-old playing with the thing. By the time I was six, I knew how to change the directory in a MS-DOS prompt. Uh, terminal window. And I was I was playing playing video games off three and a half inch floppy executable files that or organ trail you name it you put the disc in and you change the directory run the file and you're good and uh yeah that's you know so gaming at gaming at a young age military tradition at a young age uh definitely makes things interesting for sure so uh roundabout way i just gave you part of my origin story can't give it away all at the beginning no absolutely absolutely (laughs) gotta leave one more yeah exactly then uh, 18 out of the house, didn't apply for a single California school. I said, I've been here for a long time, uh, for, for what, 14 years at the time? Time to go time, time to go do something else. So I ended up at the Coast Guard Academy, good old New London, Connecticut, the armpit of New England. Love it to death. Very centrally located. Uh, you got to love it. You got Boston, you got New York, you got Providence. You got all sorts of stuff right around, right around good old New London, Connecticut. And um, four years in the service or four years wearing a uniform, going to school, walking uphill both ways. In the snow, actually did that. I wasn't barefoot though. Yeah. Uh, but uh, walking up the winters—that's that's such a that's such a drastic uh, San Diego, literally the diagonal opposite of the United States. Very, um, very much, very much so. So we we have I wouldn't really say like harsh harsh winters, but up there where they get like that lake effect and everything, it's a little different. Yeah, it got it got a little funky because uh, the schools, the academy is right on the the. The heck is that New London is a New London River? I don't even remember the name of the river. Uh, but it's right there on the end of the river on the edge of a hill. So it's like interesting wind, not a lot of snow, but you would get a fair amount of icing. I remember a couple, a couple winter ices. But even then, back in this was 2004. So it was, it was I remember the climate being a little bit more milder than the reports of the superstorm and everything else that came out of the Northeast. Vastly different uh, in, in terms of experiences and whatnot. But School, school is definitely entertaining. And then, of course, I leave school, I leave Connecticut, and I go up to Alaska for my first duty station. I spent four years, uh, four years total in Alaska for my first four years away from school, away from home. Uh, it was pretty. I spent three years in Southeast Alaska, a little place called Ketchikan, which is uh, it's landlocked, so you can only take a boat or fly there. Wow. And that's happened to me twice, two different two different times in Alaska. It's happened. I did three years in Ketchikan. And then a year in Seward, which is actually driving distance from Anchorage and not landlocked. Um, so when I exited and I came south, but I did um, Alaska was amazing. Probably some of my some of my favorite experiences I've ever had in the service and in my life in general have been up in Alaska, bar none. Just a 
incredibly different world. Really? Huh. But, uh, so I guess the cold, uh, the cold didn't bother you or? It was more, it was wet and gray more than anything else. It just, yeah, you had to stay busy. You absolutely had to stay busy. So I spent a lot of time, spent a lot of time playing video games. Oh. So that's, that's never, that's <laughs> never changed. Uh, problem has been probably the one constant in my career in life falling back on a video game and playing together with friends to restore a little camaraderie, whatever else you got going on. Right. Absolutely. Uh, it, it just, it just makes sense. So, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know where you want to be a second from there. Otherwise I'm going to just keep talking about my career. Yeah, you're, <laughs> Which, you're fine. You're fine. Um, sure, uh, I'll just keep it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm zoned in. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. It, um, I did a did a few years up in up in Alaska. Then I came south. I spent three years in San Francisco. Uh, worked on and got a master's degree while I was down down on that tour. Uh, met my now ex wife <laughs> while I was down there. Happens sometimes. Happens sometimes. It is. Uh, it's. It seems to be part of living, learning, making mistakes, getting over it. Um, you know. <sighs> Yeah, then uh, moved out to Boston for a year, tried my hand at that, and started the beginning of my downfall of my career. Apparently in the Coast Guard, I'm sure it's just like anything. If you don't have a logical career path uh, in your military service, you, you know, it's, it's not a good thing. You want something linear, and I didn't have anything linear by the end of it. So uh, eventually I ended up making my way out of the Coast Guard, back down to, did a little small stint for a Fortune 500 company based out of the Midwest. Uh, and then found my way back to San Diego and put my life back together uh, and uh, finding Military Gaming League in around 2017-ish. All right, I think 2017. Might have been 2017 or 2018. Now I have to look. <laughs> it's probably, honestly, it's really, I know. It's really recent, though. I mean, only it, was, it was 20, it was 20, it was within the last three years. I take it back. It's 20, fall of 2018 was when I, I was just hopping across forums, hopping across Twitter uh found a, i think a either another veteran streamer that i'd been following and chatting with uh said hey go check them out they're based out of san diego and i found the discord found a few other things gears of war 4 was doing their pro circuit at the time at a one of the convention centers in san diego and so i met one of the founders uh for an event and the rest is kind of history kept following them uh, they were doing a big branch battle in the spring of, was it 19? Spring of 19 now? Uh, spring of 19 that I actually participated in on the Coast Guard team shortly thereafter that. And the whole time I'm teasing the founders. I said, hey, you need to name me a job. On behalf, even though you, so when- I wasn't, so I wasn't, I wasn't working for Military Gaming League yet. I was still just a, just another veteran playing video games in the community doing things and they said uh hey we need a coast guard team for this thing because they wanted all five branches to participate in this game tournament and i said okay so i helped put together a team and we went to go compete and then shortly thereafter and all throughout the meeting or the weekend that we were in vegas it was a full paid trip to vegas which was awesome it was great never knew anything about them here I'm in my mid to late 30s getting paid basically to go play in a video game tournament set aside for military right. and right. veterans. Right. Like that's it's rare. That's honestly cool. I mean, I'm never gonna, I'm too old to go pro. I don't have the reflexes, but I can coach, but I can help out and I can still 
I can be a be a support when I play video games. Sure. Uh, it was it was an interesting it was a interesting it was fun experience. And I said, all right, like, I keep teasing these guys, and I kept poking uh, Daniel and Travis, uh, the two founders, and I said, hey, when are you gonna give me a job? Finally, it came down to they they had to sit me down and say, you know, this doesn't pay anything right now. And I said, yeah, I don't care. I'm not looking to get paid right now. I'm just want to have a good time playing with a bunch of military folks and having a good time. And uh, there's a there's a a big awareness piece on the the mental health aspects and the camaraderie that you can get coming together playing video games. That's very similar to the camaraderie that you can get while you're you're out in the sandbox or you're waiting. You're playing the hurry up and wait game where you're sitting overseas. Sitting overseas, what the hell are you doing? You're playing video games half the time during your downtime because what else you got to do? whether you're playing your favorite battle royale or your single player RPGs or whatever it is that you're playing. Uh, video games have always been a, a staunch column or support in the, in the, in the mental health world. And yeah. I'm not, adv- and I'm not advocating say you need to spend 20 freaking hours a day playing video games. No, I think uh, it's a good coping mechanism for about a couple hours a day, maybe every other day. Um, but it's, in terms of the ability to connect with people, you never had this ability 20 years ago. Never. You try and play a video game with people. You were lucky to get in-game comms playing Counter-Strike. And then it was a bunch of... Counter-Strike, Counter-Strike was definitely one of the first ones. Yep. I remember I the amount of comms that I would... I, I loved Counter-Strike. I thought it was great. Especially when you get in the lobby of a bunch of random people, let alone you're not even playing on a lane. You're just playing on some of the initial online stuff. Right. And you get a lobby full of What's a what's a way of just very easygoing people like quasi competitive, but just like having a good time. And you start doing the like the light smack talk, not the crazy garbage you hear in lobbies these days. Xbox, Xbox, Xbox Live group chats. Yeah, no, I I miss the old Counter Strike lobbies where (laughs) you you go and you merc somebody, you just come up behind them, you you run your flip six three hole, you jump over them, do the gainer, and then you just pop them from the back. And you're just like, and you just, you just, you audibly shrug while the other person says, damn it. You know, they said, whatever your gamer tag is. And you're like, really? I was like, what? You were sitting still. What do you think I'm going to do? Yeah. And that was it. That was like good, clean ragging. I miss that. I miss good, clean ragging. Like, and that was it. That was it. That was the end of it. And we're like, all right. Yeah. I shouldn't have sat there. Um, But uh, I digress. But, you know, military gaming league, when I, when I work, when I've worked with him for that, now it's just uh, two years being Coast Guard community branch manager. Go figure, Coast Guard's already the smallest military branch service. It's also right. the smallest, it's also the smallest probably gaming community too. Um, whether that's a product of Coasties get to home, go home most nights, except for the underway ones, obviously they have underway schedules, but not a lot of Coastie gamers that are, that. It's it's interesting dynamic. It's and that's a that's an interesting tangent there. But I think uh, being the branch manager has kind of pulled me into a few other things. Uh, we were running a Dungeons and Dragons podcast for a little while. That was a ton of fun. Where I got to uh, nine episodes, I think eight or nine episodes floating around on the on the interwebs that you can you can check out. Let's see, we called it Department of Dungeons and Dragons. So about about a bunch of guys getting sucked into the uh, the verse Dungeons and Daddies uh, with Freddie Wong and Matt Birch and the, and uh, yeah. those guys were our inspiration for the show and absolutely absolutely great work by them I still listen to their podcasts all the time and uh, I, it all comes down to a function of time because you, you make you come together and you make these podcasts 
it's the post-editing that takes the most time. The interview is the easy part. Scheduling second, probably easiest, but the editing after the fact, right. pain in the absolute, just, ugh, it's just a pain. Um, but uh, Co doing some voice work for that podcast, doing a little bit of story building, that was fun. Um, and that kind of springboarded me into also being the host, producer, whatever for Whiskey Delta, which is our, our well done segment where we look for the movers and shakers that are, that are doing great things out in the military veteran gaming community, raising mental health awareness, you name it, whatever they're doing, they're doing things. Uh, in the community and they're trying to they're trying to help level up the world which i'm all about you want to help level up the world i'll get you on a show i'll figure it out if it's not my show maybe it's somebody else's show you got addiction to talk about like big time addiction and you're well known you want to get your story up yeah i got possibilities there too um you know like i said it's all about i do a lot of free work because it is it's who you know in this in this business it's who you know who can you connect to um who's doing who's doing what uh, so Whiskey Delta, we've been running for almost a full year now. It's been, it's, but that's been a crazy journey of sourcing folks, finding other veterans, other nonprofits to highlight. We've had some great people on the show. Shellback Tech, our very first interview. I still talk to that guy probably on a weekly, bi-weekly basis, just check on, checking into it. And the dude builds PCs for disabled vets to get them up to the next level, which is absolutely incredible. And his work, I don't know if you've never seen it, Travis's work is absolutely fabulous. Uh, he does some of the coolest custom designs that just kind of, he's very creative. He's, he's, a, he's a good dude. All the way up to, uh, we did, had Code of Vets on the show. We did, um, which, is basically, which is basically the fire of a woman <laughs> out of Tennessee. If you've never met Gretchen from Code of Vets, the woman is an absolute spitfire, and she runs a million-dollar business off a cell phone, a pen, and a piece of paper, and it's insane. And that's what she does on a day-to-day basis, finding money for other folks. Wow. Uh, we, so that show has just, it's, it's opened some, I don't want to say it's enabled some doors, but it's kind of open. It's helped me open my eyes in terms of some of the different just things that are out there. And then, uh, we've interviewed a couple streamers, uh, some vets, some not some like bigger level, like partner Twitch streamers have been on the show done. Uh, Vince Vargas, who's on, uh, FX's Mayans, the, uh, the sons of anarchy spinoff. We interviewed him. Yeah. Uh, I, I still keep in touch with him. I actually produce, help produce for two of his shows now as well. Um, so like, I am just, <laughs> what, my podcast, podcast shows. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. he does, he does two pod, he does two podcast shows. He does one that's his own. It's just like Vinnie rock live. And so I help moderate for that and help some do some of the back end work. And then he's got another one he, he does called branches of struggle, which is more focused on addiction and some of the things behind addiction and uh, a lot of the things that military folks uh, go through and that's that's really starting to take off which is nice trying to normalize those discussions of mental health mental health awareness and it's okay to not be okay and as such all right here are options here's what's available here's what you can do what you can't do um should do can't do should do uh you know it's 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 interesting to see as as everything kind of comes together gets related and producing on a show versus also being on a show i like the production work more than i like anything else i'd much rather i'd much rather personally not be the host of a show i don't mind doing it it's fun it's really enjoyable uh you i know you've got a few episodes under your belt i'm sure just just 
seeing, watching, forcing, I don't know about you, but I'm actually a massive introvert. You wouldn't know by how much I'm yapping, but I also do that when I'm nervous. Yeah. <laughs> the, the things that you can get into, uh, you know, as, a, as you, you force growth, you force yourself to be uh, an extroverted introvert. You force yourself to interview other people, interact with other people, and, and just put yourself out there. It's amazing the kinds of situations start opening up and you either say yes to or no to or worry about stretching yourself too thin, which arguably you're probably doing, but it is what it is. Um, you know, all the, all the different doors that start opening. And it's funny you mentioned LinkedIn. I only recently started looking at it again because I'm in the process of looking for a little more concrete nine to five job. Because not having a nine to five job, if you're a veteran, you're out of the service and you don't have some sort of base structure to fall into. And if you're not like one of the top tier, just yeah. in general people in the world, it is a struggle. Like if there's not a schedule that that wasn't built or you have not been, if you're just not that type of personality and can overcome that, then crying out loud, you need some help to fall back on. And you could probably still accomplish a lot. But if you don't have that base core structure, like I need a nine to five and then I can build my schedule around it. But right. somebody else has got to give it to me. Um, yeah. So no, I, I agree hundred percent as being someone, I mean, just in recent years more so, kind of going in and out some of these uh not necessarily that they're nine to fives but especially with with uh the impact of covid on my my industry um mm -hmm. the venues obviously venues all shut down with covid when covid came around and i went basically from not necessarily the nine to five but very very busy like structured schedule mm -hmm. to and, and I filled it, I was doing some side gigs, working landscaping, different things for a while until I was actually like really, really unemployed. Um, but then I eventually hit this point, this period of unemployment where, and once again, I felt like when there's, when there's something to anchor your time around during the day, mm -hmm. for me anyways, it's so much easier. Like I, I can so much easily, even if, even if I only have four or five free hours for the day, yeah, by the time I get home from work in some capacity or, or a venue, like I know I'm working a show that night, I gotta go, I gotta show up at two and I'm gonna be there till midnight. But up from, from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., I have that time where I can go hit the gym, a couple other things I wanna work on, do any like uh, run some errands or whatever. And, but something about not having some anchored, anchored entity to my day to kind of what you're saying um i've noticed a difference and it's definitely something of uh that i'm i mean i am i am going to be stepping into a position in the end of next month that i finally because i've been applying to jobs like crazy it's been a not necessarily the best uh job hunt in the world but um, I'd, uh, I'd be real curious to see what your mentality is going to be like in a couple months when you're when you're in when you're in that and still accomplishing all this other stuff that you want to accomplish because it's amazing like the positive stress and how it can fuel your other projects oh, right. and, the things that, and the things that you want to work on when you've got that core to build off of. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, it, so. it definitely, it's a kind of, it's like a, it's like the grass is greener type thing. Like I, there's, there's plenty of times where I used to think it was like, oh man, like I, I wish, I wish I, uh, like, I wish I could freelance or I wish I had more free time. And just like, I see some people, I see what some other people are doing are very successful with it and the grass always looked greener and then i had this period of unemployment 
and I'm like, all right, let me. And it's just, it's, it's been a struggle. It's it, been a struggle. It takes a special, special type of personality and drive to, to do that kind of thing to, to truly freelance. And you have to be almost just a natural at whatever your craft is right. to make that happen. Like your, your product has to speak for yourself and everything else kind of just falls by the wayside because your product speaks for yourself. Absolutely. And then, and then, and then the folks like us that are like, well, you know, I'd like to try this. I'd like to try this. And, you know, right. it, it, it just, does, it doesn't work. It, and it, it's unfortunate because it's, it's kind of that life check. It's like, mm, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not that, maybe I'm not a good at vi- as good at video games as I thought I was kind of thing. Um, or maybe I could have been, but I definitely am not now. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah. I, it, yeah, it'd, it'd be interesting to see, uh, you know, check in, check in with me in a couple months, you know, after all is said and done, we, you know, we got through this and we'll, we'll, we'll share some stories on, all right, who's got a nine to five, who doesn't have the nine, who doesn't, you know, or just a, even a consistent part time, like screw nine to five. What if it's just a, you know, eight to 12, five days a week, right? You know, screw 40 hours, maybe it's just 20. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. But, absolutely. Um, I would like to ask some questions about so Absolutely. community branch manager. Absolutely. For the Coast Guard, is that so? Was that something that's established? Did they did they pick you? Did they? So is that something kind of connected to within the service or or within within the? So, so there's no so there's no. Hey, everybody, just wanted to take a second to acknowledge an organization called Creative Vets. If you listen to my episode with Richard Casper, you've probably heard about them already. If not, definitely go check that out. But Creative Vets uses various forms of art, including songwriting, visual arts, music, and creative writing to help disabled veterans cope with service-related trauma. Um, I've heard some really, really cool stuff about them. Like I said, if you'd like to hear more details about them, check back to the episode with Richard Casper. But I just wanted to take a second to highlight them. That is C-R-E-A-T-I-V-E-T-S dot org. Creativevets.org. When I found out how small the Coast Guard community was within the organization, uh, and as well as the opportunity for the, when I found the organization in the fall and hearing that there was potential for a big tournament in the spring, and there was going to be qualifiers, things like that, I immediately said, all right, who do I know that's a gamer, coasty, that can put in the time and, and actually compete in this thing so we actually have a, a Coast Guard team? Because that's all I wanted. Um, and it had nothing to do with, because uh, I wasn't in it. I was, in, I was no longer active. I was a vet uh, at the time. If this was, this was fall of 18, I was already, I'd already been out for almost two years. Um, but I started reaching out to my, my folks and I guess in the, the six months it took to build out the team and whatnot and get a little bit more recognized uh, within the community as, as a coast, not just somebody actively participating, but as a, as a coastie, I was in Discord every day, just typing, hey, what's up? How's it going? I was very active. Uh, and I think that's what led to post the tournament in the spring, I just put in for a moderator job. Because I was already in chat every day doing stuff. Um, there was no Coast Guard community branch manager, probably because uh, I don't remember the reasoning. I don't remember the reasoning other than the fact that there just wasn't one. The community was too small. The Coast Guard, the Coast Guard representation was just yeah. was wasn't really existent in the community. And 
and understandably so it's just your your coasties are rare in the the communities so so i'm just confused is the the community manager is that was that appointed or was that hired so uh, i mean it's call it a little it's within it was within military gaming league it was within they had they had community managers okay. um, for each branch of service. And so it was just, all right, we've got one for all these other ones. Let's have one for Coast Guard. But it was nothing. It was nothing tied back to the service. It was, hey, are you prior service? Or you could even you could have even been active duty and you're really involved in the community and this, that, and the other. And it's all, it's all volunteer and or you got asked kind of thing because of the, the early thing. So it was a combination of I was pushing for it well, I pushed for a mod position uh, with the tease. Hey, obviously you need a branch manager for Coast Guard if we're going to grow it uh, in that regard. And it ended up being me. I put in for the mod job and they said, hey, we're going to give you this instead. I said, okay. And, you know, so it just, just kind of went on from there. And then that's my other, I, I've now been on longer than a lot of the folks. So that's why they I started growing into the roles like doing the Dungeons and Dragons podcast, doing the Whiskey Delta segments, whatever other kind of uh, Saturday night streaming, part of the just trying to maintain awareness that hey, we're an org, we're here, we exist. Uh, once once pandemic economics wear off and we can start doing live events again, uh, it's going to be a thing. Like we'll actually have live events and sponsors and and start doing tournaments again. So all um. Where where generally do you guys try to like? Is that Vegas? Uh, Vegas for the bigger ones for sure. A lot of the Vegas, um, we've helped out with the Rainbow Six Siege Nationals twice now, uh, in recent years, and that that's always a pretty big sponsored event by Ubisoft. Um, they were the ones that actually paid for, for I think really all all of that actually. Um, I don't have access to the numbers, so I. I it's not not my not my bailiwick in the company, but I, I know it was sponsored by Ubisoft in a lot of regards. So really cool experience to go to the nationals for that the one year um, as a as a team as a gaming league leadership person versus a potential player. Because uh, when I, the other tournament I actually participated in, now that I'm a branch manager and above, I can't participate in any of yeah. the tournaments. But if I was still a moderator, I could. But that's neither here nor there. That's not, you know, what it's that's not what it's all about for me. So, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, what does I'm kind of curious because so with especially my old gig, we had so I worked at the Met. I used to work at the Met in Philadelphia, and mm-hmm. newer venue. But we had a relationship with uh, Philly Fusion, mm-hmm. Philadelphia's the Overwatch. Overwatch team. I actually have a shirt from them right over there. Um, but uh, does the does the military gaming league, like which which games do they actually do they do they have an Overwatch? Uh, they have an Overwatch tournament or? League? No, we haven't we haven't run an Overwatch tournament. And actually, if I pull up, I can pull up their Discord right now while I'm thinking about it. We've got it's a pretty robust Discord when you look at it. You we've got. We've got sections for MOBAs, MMOs, the BRs, in which all the all the top top tier titles that are either BR or MOBA or whatever have got have easily got a place. Anybody that wants to play a game that's a military veteran, uh, if you're a spouse, the community is being being open to be even more inclusive. 
uh, of, of really anybody that wants to get in on it. Um, as for it, unless a specific tournament is planned, uh, you know, typically there, we don't have we don't have necessarily designated teams. Like, there's not really. It's if if you want to like, hey, there's a tournament, folks, you need to put your teams together to come compete, kind of thing. It's not like there's there are no there are no military gaming league sponsored teams. It's okay. it's more of a, a look to be the overarching construct for for the entire thing. Gotcha. Um, um, man. But if things so people can put together, but it is it is a battle of the, the branches, quote unquote. Like when you guys depends it depends on I mean it depends on the game, depends on the thing. Like uh two two years ago, uh was it twenty nineteen, uh Rainbow Six Nationals in Vegas, they sponsored a Battle of the Branches. And that's where uh unfortunately math wise and just just interest uh Coast Carter wasn't represented is what it is. The other four branches came together and had a series of exhibition matches. Uh, and and it was nuts. So it kind of it kind of just depends. Wow. And so so that and so that was that was an ex series of exhibitions put on by Ubisoft and Rainbow Six Siege. Um, you know, in terms of a branch battle, that's been done. And then we did one back it up to our spring. The one that I actually competed in was the PUBG one. And that was all five. So it it just it just depends. Like it doesn't even have to be a branch battle. It could just be like a free for all. Hey, we're gonna do we're gonna do an Apex uh, tournament. Okay, right. Well, all right. You know, we need twenty teams of three. You know, folks, go put your teams together and come back and let's play. So it's you know it's it's not even necessarily branch specific. You know, those kinds of tournaments will doesn't matter. You can you can have whoever you want. Um, there might be a stipulation where your team must have one ha one uh, military military or or veteran on your team to to participate. That way, we maintain that nexus. Yeah, um, absolutely. But but still still be an inclusive tournament. Like, hey, you you got to have your got to have the person, got to have the got to have the whatever you want to call it. Otherwise, it doesn't work. So. The representation. Yeah. It was all, yeah. The... Um, just like there, I consult. So one of the things that I, another thing I do with gaming league is I consult for them in event project management with one of our, our uh, affiliated organizations, let's say red platoon gaming, who's a, an M they on their own worked a, a deal with EA and respawn to get custom lobby apex codes which are almost unheard of you, yeah. I th there's only there's only one other organization that i believe that has has gotten codes uh to to do anything otherwise it's always the the pro series and that's the only custom lobbies you ever see so it's been really nice to consult with them on doing some event management basic project management of hey here's how you build up a tournament here's the interest here's the marketing here's some different pieces now it's just plugging bodies into to actually make that kind of thing happen but right, right. uh it's really cool what's that go ahead uh red platoon gaming yep red platoon gaming i can actually pull them up and i'll pop their link in chat but yeah they're um they have been working on building interests in order to actually get the tournament series off the ground they've got an entire series planned 
just now need the bodies which they're using community nights for to build and generate interest they've talked to some of the pro players some of the pro players are interested because the pro players don't even have access to custom lobbies um so it's real interesting to see or potentially do some arena tournaments doing there's a, there's a host of options that are available to red platoon and it's really cool to kind of see their event management and their stuff but uh, i highly recommend check out their website go go look at their discord and and just just see the kinds of some of the kinds of things they're working on it's really fun especially i mean to be to potentially be the first amateur series apex tournament right thing. right yeah it would be amazing especially with i don't know if you're an apex player i love the game i think it's great um yeah it's one of those brs out there that even though it's not fortnite it's not call of duty it's its own very unique entity um, right and i'll play all three of them i mean i'll still go back and i'll play fortnite on occasion because I just love the game, you know. It's I enjoy playing games. Uh, yeah. But um, but if I had a if I'm, I had a choice of the three, it'd be Fortnite or not Fortnite. Um, Apex, excuse me. Sorry. You know, I, uh, Rocket League. Do you ever get in Rocket? League? I do. I do. I um I've played in a couple like friendly Rocket League tournaments, and um I it's one of my favorite games. I probably if I just want a nice chill night where I want to like goof around and mess with people. Right. Uh, I I will hop in with a friend, and it's usually after a season has ended, so rank reset, and I I immediately pop us into ranked because what's the, I don't like to play pubs ever. Right. I just, I just <laughs> why? I, so I happen I happen to I happen to ranked due to the competitive right. nature and and just have fun. Just uh, I get um, I used to play with this dude from Germany. Uh, he's an Xbox console player. Uh, I think he plays on PC maybe now more than anything else. This dude was in his early 20s, used to pop in a lemma, buddy streamed, play Rocket League. He had the worst, worst ping ever. And he would just destroy us. And we couldn't figure out why. Well, somebody did the did the the quick maths and they looked. He was in the top three play, three players in the world for <laughs> for Rocket League. And here he is and he just keep he kept coming back. The dude's dude's hilarious and he's freaking even with a garbage ping is destroying us the moves and stuff so i get to play with him for a good call it solid like six months uh it was pretty awesome it was a lot of fun so i i thoroughly enjoyed it made a lot of a lot of the good uh friends that i still talk to from the video game industry that from like years and years ago are through rocket league because of rocket league destiny and titanfall when the first titanfall dropped and and tight matches were a thing whew, uh made some really good buddies uh, from those games absolutely yeah it's crazy so. it's crazy to think how long rocket league um i mean i even look at like league uh i didn't get in a league too much i played league a little bit but i mean league is freaking how old league is now um wow. like i don't know 2011 2012 like almost 10 years old at this point like um but yeah so does does the the MGL or military game or yeah military gaming league? Yeah. Um, so they're looking across the board, uh, but of all of all these games and and oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, whatever whatever is is getting the most interest, whether it be Apex or COD or uh, whether it's a battle royale or whatever, whatever 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 is feasible to turn into a tournament and will get some interest and 
and raising more more awareness mental health wise uh, is absolutely something we would look into for a tournament or none. So absolutely, no, it's 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 awesome. It's really cool. I'm glad I uh, I'm, I'm glad I kind of stumbled onto it. Um, so that's the military gaming league, and then I saw on or on your LinkedIn there was um, I believe another organization. Uh, so anything anything in particular you'd like to say about veterans of video games or so veterans of video games is my own personal passion project it's where the majority of my money goes and gets funneled into and then very quickly funneled back out um it uh it's my it's my i it's a 501c3 that i founded uh i started working on paperwork for it even before i knew military gaming league was the thing Okay. Uh, I, I jokingly always think about it, even though there, there is another entity that is sort of kind of like this, uh, as, a, as a military gaming league that's in, in nonprofit form. Uh, okay. take, away the, take away the league stuff pieces and look at it more of uh, getting, getting folks together, providing folks to resources, helping be kind of like a bridging program and understanding perspective gap reducer for folks that are transitioning out of the military and say, well, what the hell do I do next? What's next? Um, I'm, I, I try to link up with as many of the other uh, nonprofit organizations that I possibly can in my free time. Anybody that's making waves in the, in the military veteran gaming, mental health, front lines, community, I, I at some point try to connect with them and say, hey, what's going on? Uh, what, is, what is this? What is this? How, what do you do about this? What can I do to help? is usually one of my first questions is what can I do to make your job easier uh, in the mental health world? Is it something that I have a skill set for? Uh, is it, um, you know, some of the things that I can help out with don't pertain to mental health. Some of them pertain to this basic office administration of, I don't know, do you have a standing staff meeting on Tuesday nights? You know, that just basic stuff that I've accumulated over 39 years of living, 16 years of service, uh, you name it, all the different crap that I've, I've, I've seen, been through that seems simple to me, might as well, you know, somebody that's not used to that world, how can I help? Um, and that's always been a, the, the thing that I, I go for the most when I, I look at folks that need help or need a leg up or need a perspective shift. Anytime I go into a conversation, I say, all right, how can this conversation, conversation help? What, what sort of things can can we talk about that'll help them shift, help them grow? Uh, and in turn, I'll end up getting some growth out of it as well, trying to think about a new way to overcome something. So um, there's that aspect of it. And then there's a, a, a vetting piece. Uh, I'm big on philanthropy and I'm big on anonymous philanthropy. Whereas if you donate money to an organization, great. Do it because you're passionate about it. Do it because you love that organization. You love the cause, but be smart about it how you're giving your money. Make sure it's earmarked for a particular project. So I would imagine you want to donate a couple thousand dollars to a charity. You want it to be impactful. You want it to mean something. Right. right. Well, say, for example, and I love their organization. They've done amazing things. But I'll, I'll snapshot back to a few years ago. Wounded Warrior Project. That's what came to mind. Of they're their overhead costs and and their mission is huge. Don't get me. They, uh, I love the organization. I love what they do, and I love where they're going. Um, like many organizations that are that vast, that huge, that reaching, you're going to have some issues at some point in time. 
and an organization is only as good as the people that are working for it. So I look at it and said, all right, they've made some changes, obviously, because they've gone from being down at you know, five, six years ago, if you were to give them $100, only $33 would directly benefit the mission itself, which to me is just staggering. Yeah. You know, if you were to give them $33,000, for example, at that point in time, you would barely be paying for somebody's salary if it wasn't earmarked. Right. Now, mind you, you go onto that, you go onto that site now. There's different projects that you can donate for. There's different aspects. There's different sex. There's their last time I checked, their spending ratio is now up in the, at least the 70%, which more than doubled, which good, good on you for that. It's hard. It is really hard for an organization with that much impact, that many assets globally. Yeah. To have a high rating. There's only a few top-tier organizations out there. Yeah, that, that can maintain above a 90%. And usually they're either very small or they've been doing it for such a long time that they finally figured out the process. You've got things like Fisher House uh, Foundation, the Gary Sinise Foundation. Uh, there's a few other ones. And a lot of people just don't even know how to research this stuff. And it's mind boggling and it takes less than 10 minutes. You wanna, if you want to put your money into an impactful place, do the research, spend the 10 minutes and do the research and figure out Hey, what's the history of this thing? If I give them $100, how much is going to go line somebody's pocket versus how much is actually going to benefit the cause? Because yeah. there's plenty. The, the U.S. itself has, I think, more than double the nonprofits than the entire rest of, rest of the world combined. It's insane. So if there's a cause out there that you're passionate about, good odds that there's a charity that's been out there for 5, 10, 15 years that's been doing great things. Specifically dedicated to it specifically dedicated to it that's doing it good versus the big name ones which uh there have been so many social issues in the last two to three years where i see people doing fundraisers and it and it hurts my heart to see the fundraiser and then look it up and realize that in the last year they had a 50 percent increase in funding that entire increase went towards salaries and executive compensation that entire bump and it's obvious. It's right there in the math. It's on their tax forms. And it just makes me cringe. It makes me sick to my stomach. It's like, and there's people that are giving them more money. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I like that's it, it hurts. And so I try to spend as much time as I can saying, hey, here's the websites, here's watch, here's charity watchdog, here's uh yeah, you guide know, star is one, I think. Guide star is one of them, yeah. you know, use. Yeah. Use a combination of two to the, there's, I, there's three different, uh, ProRepublica, I think is another one, uh, using, using the three sites to the best of your ability, finding the charity, doing the research. Once you learn how to actually look at their tax form, there's three blocks that you need to look at, just three. Um, so next step would me for me would be putting out a couple of YouTube videos, little how-tos, if they don't already exist and say, check this, check this. Do the math here on the calculator, subtract these numbers. If that number isn't up acceptable for you, then don't give them any money. Like, you know, if you're not, for example, if you aren't earmarking it and you're not giving a million dollars to Wounded Warrior, don't do it. <laughs> right. Like that's and I love Wounded Warrior. I would go work for Wounded Warrior in a heartbeat. Yeah. Because I believe I'm in their, jobs with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I've I've uh yeah, I'm I'm working with one of the recruiters right now. I believe in their in their product and and how they're growing, and how they're overcoming that negative perception. 
because everybody deserves a chance like that and they're and they're starting they're just you know they're coming up to bat and they're and they're hitting singles and doubles you know before they were hitting strikeouts and they um but people need to be smart people need to be smart about their money and not say hey if i'm a celebrity and i'm gonna partner up with somebody my my hot take nobody needs to know how much money you've donated none of none of anybody's business but you in new york you know it's if you're gonna donate money that's fine like yep i donated money to them that's it nobody like nobody you don't need to know unless you as are coming together with a community and doing a fundraiser like i get that okay this community raised that amount because you're still maintaining a bit of a non-anonymity i can't speak right now but uh, to maintain you know being anonymous there it's not worth it like why other than seeking the glory and the attention of it like Nobody's going to know if I donated uh, $3,500 to Gamers Outreach or to fund a go-kart for a hospital or uh, if it was somebody else, somebody that I know that, that I encouraged to do so or I reached out and said, hey, I'm going uh, to donate X amount of money to this charity or double a contribution. Nobody's going to know because I will do it on the slide back with a... It's, it's my own, it's my own personal thing. It's something that I believe in. And it's, you know, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just one of the things so is doing things anonymously versus, versus trying to gain, gain some clout saying, Oh, Hey, I'm out here doing good things. You know, it's a very fine line. And uh, I, the time that I spend in certain communities and the, the influencers that give me a chance to talk to about these kinds of things, whether it's donations or, or how they influence these kinds of things, like, you know, what is, what's the overarching drive is the drive that we just get money for the cause or yeah, I don't know. There's, there's a couple different ways to, to look at it. And that's, I mean, that's just, that's just my take on it and how I've kind of pushed veterans and video games into almost, I don't want to call it a niche because reviewing charities, vetting charities has been around for ages. People just don't do it. Uh, I'm happy to do it for people if it's going to help get money into the pockets where it needs to, to, actually carry a mission out so i don't know right right so but veterans of video games i mean so you're when you when you talk about um kind of looking over the looking over some of the credentials of these these nonprofits and stuff like that that it that's not like a core mission of veterans so, of video games uh the i understand 100 where you're coming from and i agree yeah, i agree a it, lot. It, it, three three pillars of, of veterans of video games and uh, i went old school military latin tradition with this uh dice dare salvare learn give save learn get yourself educated on the on the nonprofit and what it's doing uh so you know figure it out figure out what charities are worth donating to who's who's doing what find a charity you're passionate about something that speaks to you and, and do your homework. Give, all right, you're ready to give. Never give emotionally, never. You, <laughs> every time I hear about a charity auction or whatnot, I just, Admiral Ackbar's in the back of my head saying, it's a trap, because uh, to a certain extent it is. It's, it's where, is, where is that money going? Now, mind you, if you already know it was gonna be an expensive evening because you live in Alaska and you're going to a Friends of the NRA dinner, and you don't necessarily know, agree with the mission, but you're about to get some damn good firearms for a really cheap amount. Uh, I, 
hypothetically, you just never know. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I would say, so giving, try not to give emotionally. It's going to happen sometimes when the do it for the kids posts or the SPCA, if I even send the, the uh, initials right, for the dog commercials come online. You get the little dog eyes staring yeah. at you. In the uh, arms of yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, don't give emotionally. Just don't do it. Don't. It'll get you every time. Um, take a breather. Uh, the It's going to take a while for the money to actually get into the hands to affect anything anyway. Usually it's got to clear accounting and go through all that. Uh, but so that's, that's give, the giving part. So there's a monetary giving. And then there's, for me, I look at it also as, as uh, gifts of knowledge, gifts of networking, friendship. Anybody that comes and asks for my help, usually 99.9% uh, .9 of the time, I will drop whatever I'm doing and say, yes, absolutely. Somebody emails me and asks me a question, I will do my damnedest to return it uh, same day, 30 minutes, five minutes, as soon as I can, just to acknowledge the fact that I received it with a personal message. And that's the same thing that we try to do uh, if you get a request for, hey, do you know anything about this uh, particular treatment method? Or have you seen this at the VA? How do you do your disability paperwork? Uh, this, that, and the other. So uh, gifts of time, uh, affirmation, whatever, you know, just boosting people up. So whether it's giving money, giving time, uh, giving advice, uh, giving out free video games whenever, whenever we get codes, you know, not, not, you know, just, just a simple act of just, just giving, giving, giving over whatever you can and then save. It's a business of saving lives. No different than when I was in the coast guard, constantly been in the business of saving lives of, uh, I don't want to be that first line of defense and I can't be because I used to do search and rescue planning and dispatch and it broke me to no belief. So I know that I cannot be the first line, <laughs> but I can be the second or third potentially. Uh, and I know how to refer somebody to the suicide prevention hotline, things like that. Some of those basics, hey, let's break that, whatever that pattern of cycle is. So saving lives, saving lives through giving, saving lives through learning. Uh, so it all, the pillars are, you know, you got those three pillars and they're almost built in a circle, just constantly just going around and supporting each other as well as uh, the different parts and the different things you got going on. So it, um, yeah. So that's kind of the idea behind it. It's still very much in the formation stages. Try to have board meetings with my folks on the regular. And then, but in terms of any of the funding, any of the things that's, that's all coming directly out of my own pocket because I haven't done the grant research yet to be able to do any grant writing to, to take it to the next level, basically. Because at some point I'd like to start funding it, not out of my own pocket, right. but out of gun. Uh, grant proposals and other whatnot so right, potentially yeah potentially. no it's a the the things that we we do now or would do with grants would would be well worth it so at least i think um you know i'd like to like to start putting some money down to like you know my own money to pay off you know a house and things like that and right it's, whatever it is what it is that actually sounds kind of selfish not think about it uh <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. It's always going to be a passion project. It may not be in the forefront of the things that I do, but it's helped It's helped some growth, some connections. It's opened a few doors and avenues to be able to talk to influencers and say, hey, I'm not just a viewer or in your community. I'm somebody that does this, 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 and this. Uh, reaching out to a few folks and being able to talk to them and, and, and give them perspective of 
well, here's how I look at it. Uh, agree, disagree, whatever. Just think about it. It's your choice at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so looking, looking for folks that are even willing to entertain discussions is, has been interesting, I think. And it's been, been half the fun, half the challenge of, um, I just want to level the world up. That's it. <laughs> That's so much to ask. Get, get some power-ups going. Some double XP going. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, we, so. we, need, we need some people like that, especially these days, especially these days. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, it's cool. It's cool. I'm, I'm really looking forward to see uh, the organization kind of, you said it's still, still. Yeah, it's still, it's, a, it's like only a couple years old, but at the same time, I've been working a lot of, mili- I've been working more than military gaming league projects. Right. And they're all, they're all kind of related too. When you think about it, it's all mental health related. It's all military veteran related. It's it's video game related. It's it's got everything. So regardless, oh, it's, and just establishing yeah. this this league and just this platform and this organization that, to, to my knowledge, I could be wrong. Because um, I'll be honest, until I came across your profile, really, even the the relationship of East, I've worked esports events. Um, I'm a gamer myself. Definitely not my some of my older roommates. My brother actually. Um, I don't think I know anybody that's locked more time on Destiny than my brother. But, uh, um, but uh, um, it's just something that the relationship with esports and the military, I never even, I never really put together at all. And so honestly, mm-hmm. I came across a friend and I'm, and I'm like, wait, like this, this the army have like esport, like like actual esports teams right now. And I'm like, Google looking at it, I'm like, holy shit, like yeah, they're pulling guys out of the ranks. They're there and and there's I found the the submission program for it or the submission like the whole, but they have at at Fort Knox. They yep. have like a talent department there that there's active duty National Guard and Reserve guys um, yeah. that are, which is awesome. I'm like laughing about it, but, but it's kind of, it's awesome at the same time, but that can apply and get pulled off their, their traditional active duty orders or traditional yep. growing orders, whatever they are, and get put on down there for full time. And it's not just with esports. The Army does that with some other, some other yep. programs and stuff too. There's, uh, they've, they've actually done it with like rock bands and stuff before, which I was familiar with that. But worrying about the rest of it and then and hearing about this organization, it's I, I definitely see, especially, I think, like 10 years down the line kind of thing. I would expect I expect the other branches to adopt it a little bit more. Um, yeah. Maybe not go exactly the US, the army sports route, but but close. I think I think it's definitely a distinct possibility uh, for sure. But just the potential and the, the military gaming league, like. And it's only getting bigger. It's really, really only getting bigger. And as, I mean, working, working just a couple of those fusion, the, the Philly fusion um, tournament, not tournaments, but like game or competitions that we had at the Met, I'm just looking around and I'm like, oh my God, like, this is big. Like, this is big. I mean, yeah. there's people coming and pouring in and filling this venue. Um, you know, a few, like, like a thousand people coming in to still, I physically watch it from here. Like I see the streaming and stuff going on, the trucks that are pro- pro- like the yep. whole production level. And I'm just like, dude, there's some, there's some money in this. There's some. Yep. Um, I see you rocking. I see you rocking the nerd street gamers apparel. Yeah. There as I, well. <laughs> well, I wanted to, I don't know if you're, uh, 
Um, I don't know if you're familiar with them or not, but yeah, I am. I am. I'm, I've looked at them for for potential for work at, uh, for a few different things. So haven't applied yet, but yeah, at some point, sure. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's a uh, back in back in Philly, they had a cool um, in Northern Liberties. They had a real cool. They had, that that's their physical location, but then they're also yeah, they're they're a sponsor too with the um, with the Philly Fusion, which in the Philly the Philly Fusion is owned by. Um, the Flyers, like Philadelphia Flyers, like our you know, professional hockey team. It's just like, holy yeah. crap. Like, um, and it's definitely an expanding world. It's definitely an expanding world. And it's really cool to think and see that this military kind of chapter of it is mm. so like established, but has so much room for growth and can going to continue to grow. Um, dude, I'll be honest. I'd love to in like the next year or so, if I have the time, like, just even see it, but come, come watch. Like I'm just picturing it now, like come watch like a Rocky league tour tournament in Vegas There's or um, rainbow six, like the rain, like it's yeah, seeing watching the rainbow six. That's gotta be free. The, the, the siege, it's still the most watched siege clip. I think ever was from one of the gaming league exhibition matches where there was a, they had a, there was a 5k right from the get-go it was a it was a monkey knife fight and they one team went into the spawn area of the other team they dropped the i don't remember which character it was because i'm not a siege player dropped the stun charge knocked everybody on their butts and then the one whoever was running around with a knife just got a got a got a 5k off of it i was like this is insane so yeah uh, it's just incredible isn't it and were they memeing? I don't know. It's possible when you get a bunch of you get a bunch of military folks, active duty and 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 veteran in a room playing video games together. You have some silly stuff getting ready to happen. Uh, yeah. I mean, they de- they definitely memed the who's the big chunky guy? Is it Tanaka? Like, uh, is it Tanaka? What is his name? And Siege. I don't know. He's big. He's huge. He's got like the mounted machine gun crossbow bolt right. thing. Think, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, well, somebody, somebody, you know, picked him, set him up, and did his thing, and they got a, they got a kill with that. You know, it's so you don't know if they're memeing, you don't know if they're being serious. Either way, it makes for some great, great content. Anytime you watch a bunch of of active duty veteran gamers and other folks come together playing a game, because it's just the hilarity and the smack talk. Oh, uh, you know, when you I, get, I was just, it, that dawned on me too. I was thinking about uh, like, so is it, yeah, yeah. The smack talk between, especially that community. It, um, it, be... the, it was pretty interesting. I think, I don't remember if it was the, uh, if it was the army Marine Corps game or the air force Marine Corps game, but the captain of the one team offered to the captain, of the Marine Corps team, gave him some crayons for a snack. Um, um unfortunately unfortunately he didn't respect the call out and he didn't eat the crayon uh but he handed it to one of his other teammates that did eat the crayon so so life life was salvaged but uh that's awesome, it, that's awesome. It, it, but that's kind of it, it was fun it was light it was uh everybody had a good time with it so i more events like that are definitely uh there's a lot of potential for stuff like that on the horizon as the the economics get restored to to their former glory, and we have some some processes that were in place at the upper level at gaming league to uh, 
to just start doing some some bigger and bigger things. So we'll very very exciting to see what we're able to put together um, as yeah. as as the economy picks back up. So it'll be I, nice. Yeah, exactly. As as restrictions and some events start coming back, um, definitely opens the door for opportunities to bring some of those things back to Vegas and maybe some other other places too. You guys ever host any? Just out of curiosity, do they ever ever host anything on basis? Uh, we, so there we have we have looked into that. There has I want to say yes, that has happened, but that was before I came on board. Okay. Um, and there is always potential for that. There's always, uh, it's definitely something that we would like to do. It's not a difficult thing to do, especially when you potentially hook in with, hook in with the MWR and, and see, um, see what's going on. So absolutely. Right. right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Mike, thank you. Uh, thank you for joining me today. Um, before we, before we close out, I don't know if there's any, any last things you'd like to share or definitely um i just even just naming or military gaming leagues like website or social no, 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 absolutely yeah if you want so if you want to go check out uh what we got going on military gaming league militarygamingleague.com um if you go on to youtube you'll see our previous broadcasts from from twitter and it's at uh slash military gaming league as i pull them all up and don't screw them up right now uh twitter is at m uh MGLHQ uh, for tagging us there. Facebook, I believe, is just Military Gaming League. You'd think I'd have these memorized by now, but um, I'm usually not the guy that does socials, or am I the guy? Yeah, anyway, I support the socials. <laughs> I always spelled that wrong. Yeah, I spelled that wrong. Anyway, yeah, almost everything, everything with the exception of Twitter is Military Gaming League. Twitter is the funky one where it's at M-G-L-H-Q. Um, but yeah, uh, go on to YouTube, you'll see our previous shows. Go on to the website, you'll also find links to our, our not forgotten D&D podcast, which there have been hints and rumors of people wanting to uh, wanting us to bring that back. Because um, it's, you know, it's a podcast, it's comedy, it's, it's loose D&D with a military twist. We have a good time with it. Um, we'll see. I think there, there's a few things in the works and there's a couple, a couple things, but, uh, uh, stay tuned on that, on the D and D front and uh, go check out our old episodes, see the kinds of stuff that we like doing, enjoy doing, and then keep an eye on military gaming league. Uh, also has.com has the link to our discord. Uh, from there, you can see stuff about our schedule. What we've got going on. We've got some tournaments that we are looking in, looking into in the upcoming weeks. Actually, I think, we have we do have a Rainbow Six Siege tournament that will be going on. Registration's already closed. We've got a few teams in for that, and I'm trying to remember. I don't remember the dates and deadlines on it, uh, and it might be it might just be a misnomer anyway. With uh, whenever you end up releasing this particular episode, anyway. Um, but yeah, go on to militarygamingleague.com. Check the website. You have links to all our other socials. And yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, sorry, I seem a little scattered. Uh, it is what it is, such as life with PTSD and and being messed up, but it is what it is. No, great, great conversation. And yeah, thanks. Thanks for um thanks for coming on. I'm glad I was able to kind of just grab Yeah, it. any yeah, anytime, anytime hit me up. You got questions, you got uh you want to know more about something, hop in Discord, whatever, just shoot me a shoot me an email, whatever I got you. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so I'm, I'm all good there. I think, uh, I think I'm going to wrap it up there once again. Thank you. Thank you for those listening. Thanks for coming on, Mike. And uh, I'm going to wrap up our interview. That wraps up my interview with Mike Kronowski. If you're interested in learning more about the Military Gaming League, actually, since I've recorded this episode, I've been following their Instagram a little bit more, and they're very often running remote video game tournaments, uh, whether it's Call of Duty tournaments or Rocket League tournaments, tournaments and stuff like that. So any of the gamer fans out there that are listening, you might want to check that out. But definitely check out Military Gaming League's website. Check out the socials and, like he said, the the Twitch the Twitch accounts. I started checking out some of them too, and they're pretty active. And there there's there's a lot of cool stuff going on there. Like I'm not the biggest gamer of what I used to be, but just seeing this community is almost making me kind of wanna wanna jump back into it some. But thank you for listening today. The next episode is probably going to come out after July 4th. So I do just want to say, I know it's a little early, but do just want to say everyone have a great um, birth of America, you know, America's birthday. Uh, and uh, make sure to stay safe and enjoy that holiday weekend. And we'll be back for episode eight. So thank you for joining again. And always remember to check out, check out our Instagram, check out the Twitter. There's a decent back catalog of episodes now, so if you're just finding the podcast now, definitely go back and listen to some of the some of these earlier conversations I've had over the last few months. But I've really been enjoying doing this, and I'm just hoping I'm going to be able to continue to do this. And as long as it's as long as I have the time in my schedule to continue doing this, I plan on um, keeping it going. So thanks for thanks for supporting the Veteran Sound Podcast, and I will see you all next month. Thank you.